Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are back. Yes, it is. Start of the 2019 fantasy football season. It's our 12th season on Blog Talk Radio, July 24th, 2019. My name is Michael Nazarak. I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online, of course, at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, my good friend and fantastic co-host, very knowledgeable fantasy football expert, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well. Boy, you really sucked up with that intro. You must, uh, you must want to loan us some money or something. I don't know. That was, that was impressive. I hope I can live <laughs> up to that. I'm just excited. I'm just very excited about another season. Uh, it's been a long time. Well, of course, we did the fantasy uh, football uh, free agency uh, review uh, several months back, uh, and here we are. We go weekly from here on out all the way through week 16 of the 2019 season and just a lot of stuff to talk about, and, and it's good to talk about football. And starting next weekend, there's going to be at least one football game every weekend until early February, and it just makes me very excited. That's insane. Yep. So anyway, like I said, this is the start of our 12th season. I believe it might be even your – is it your 10th season with me over here, or is it the 11th? I can't remember. I believe this is my 10th full season. I came on in the middle of a season uh, a while back. That's right. That's right. And, of course, it's 24 years, 24 seasons of Fantasy Football Mastermind, ffmastermind.com. I can't believe I've been doing this for a living for 24 years, but uh, it, it's, it's great – to be able to do all the analysis of all the players and, and to do my best to help people win and, and uh, you know, uh, get a little bit of money and, and make my living doing it. And, uh, you know, it, it's fantastic. Anyway, um, you've been with the site almost nearly as long as I have. Uh, how long have you been playing fantasy football, Chris? I've been playing fantasy football for – this is my 28th year uh, playing it. I got introduced to it when I started uh, work uh, with my, in my current job, some folks that I, I'd worked with, and uh, – about my 26th serving as commissioner of at least one league, and I think this is my 21st season with Fantasy Football Mastermind and about my 25th or 26th season doing some kind of writing for some site somewhere. Yeah, it's crazy. We started the, I started the website back in 1996. I've been playing since 1988. That gives me, what, 30, 31 years of, do, of, of playing this, this crazy game. But it, it, it's fantastic. It's very addictive, and there's more and more people playing it. I think we're up to, like, I don't know, 20, 25 million people worldwide playing it, if not more. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, before we get it going any further, I want to welcome a very special preseason sponsor of the show. Yes, we are officially sponsored this preseason, these first six shows. 
and our sponsor is the Sleeper app. Now, if it wants a Sleeper app, what's that? Is that is that an app that's going to give me a lot of fantasy sleepers? No. This app will allow you to play fantasy football, your leagues on an app against uh, your friends, your coworkers, anyone you want. And guess what, people? It's absolutely free. So go to the App Store, go online, Play Store, whatever. Download. It's called the Sleeper app. It has become even more, almost more popular. I think it's on track to to break the record in terms of NFL.com's app for playing fantasy football. This thing is becoming even more popular. And I'd be remiss in telling you three key things that that, that the guys at Sleeper want you to know about their app right now, that it is the top user-rated fantasy app right now. It's, It's blazing hot. It is a top 15 sports app across all of sports. And, of, of course, the big thing is that it has infinite customization, and they're working on a dark night mode right now that's coming, and a better designed app is just around the corner right now. But, I mean, it's, it's great right now as it is. I, I downloaded it in the off season and tested it out, and it's got a lot of cool features on it. And the best thing, people, is free. Just like listening to this podcast, you're going to get your money's worth. But with the Sleeper app, you're going to get way more than that because it's really entertaining and you can play fantasy football right on the app with your best friends and with your coworkers and everything. So check it out. It's called the Sleep Rat. Download it for free on the App Store now. Anyway, let's get right to the news and notes, the training camp news. And training camps are just now starting. Uh, we're, we're coming in actually a, a one week before we normally start the show, but uh, there's still a lot of news to talk about. And the big news on the on horizon is, is Melvin Gordon's holdouts. He wants money just like Levy and Bell, and yet he, yet he's not a free agent. He is under contract. They've extended him. Uh, they picked up his fifth-year contract, so he's not even going to be a free agent at this at the end of this year. But of course, he wants a new deal like Todd Gurley got last year, and he's saying he's going to hold out until that happens. And they've, uh, I think the Chargers have made a proposal, but he's uh, they're balking at it right now. It's a, I don't know if it's a low-ball offer, but anyway, the bottom line is that uh, unless his camp's expectations change, uh, looks like there's not going to be any kind of extension uh, anytime soon because the Chargers are dug in to what their uh, their 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 uh, way of thinking is right now, and that's not giving uh, Melvin Gordon what he wants. So, fantasy impact, Chris, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson. What do you do in terms of Melvin Gordon? Do you uh, if you if you haven't drafted yet? Most people haven't, even though some have. I, I did a draft uh, this past week, an experts draft online, but I've got more to come. Do you just write off Melvin Gordon? Do you wait play the waiting game? What what, what would you do? I actually would not downgrade him a whole lot right now because uh, I know there's been a lot of talk, but realistically, I think this is one of those cases where he's going to show up and they're going to get a deal done. It's not going to be what he's asking for. He's just, he's just frankly not going to get Todd Gurley levy on Bell money, and I think he really knows that. Um, but I also think the Chargers really want him, and he seems to want to stay there. So I think it's going to happen. There's also a really good running back draft coming out in the in, next year there's probably a half dozen or more guys with first round to early second round grades so i don't think he's got a lot of leverage so i think he's actually gonna it's, it's gonna get done so that's the first thing i'd say is that i just don't have a lot of faith in in a, a holdout actually happening but even if it should happen i don't see austin eckler or justin jackson or even the combination there of putting up the kind of numbers melvin gordon has done when healthy he was actually i believe the number two per game fantasy scorer in a ppr last year which which blows me away because he, you know, he, he's not perceived as that. But I think he's that kind of, of producer. And you're just not going to get that from Eckler and Jackson. So I would not write him off 
And if something does happen, you're drafting after a holdout actually starts to happen or is going to happen, then I don't think you can just pop in Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson as a low-end RB2 instead of a low-end one or even mid-range one like Melvin Gordon is. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, and uh, Melvin Gordon's always been a favorite player of mine. In the last couple of years, I've always ended up getting a ladder-round, first-round pick, and he slides to me 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there, and you know, I usually end up grabbing him. And I'm telling you, when he plays, especially early in the year when he's healthy, it's fantastic, but it seems like the last couple of years, he's, there's been he's a two, one, two, three years uh, games where his knee has acted up, uh, you know, uh, the, the surprise inactive uh, status of him when they win, the Chargers went over to London, he didn't play, and he he missed a couple of games last year, and those things like that are just fantasy killers. Also, the Chargers got to be thinking, golly, maybe the uh, the Rams might regret getting girl, Todd Gurley all that money because of his arthritic knee condition. Now, let's not get this confused. Melvin Gordon does not have an arthritic knee. It's just that some. It seems that he has some a little bit of knee issues here or there, and it, he just can't seem to stay on the field for all 16 games. But you know, he's a very dedicated worker. They said they love Melvin Gordon. They talked to GM today. They said, "Hey, we 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 have nothing against Melvin Gordon. We can understand where he's coming from and all. But you know, we 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 believe firmly that you know this is the way to go. And you know, we'll see what happens. But certainly, it is way too early to start getting nervous about all these things because we're not even out of July and into August yet, and the preseason hadn't even started yet. So, uh, you know, like you say, I, I personally downgrade him a little bit in, in the preseason rankings that we just initially released a couple of about a couple of weeks ago. Actually, we did a, a set in May, and I downgraded him, uh, you know, uh, here in the last couple of weeks, just a couple of spots, uh, you know, uh, below some, certain other players. But, you know, we got a long way to go in this, and it's, it's going to be interesting. This thing could get cleared up here in the next week or two if Melbourne just doesn't want to sit out and just comes on in and everything will be forgiven and all. But, you know, as, as, uh, as one rule here about this whole situation is that he has to, to show up by week 10 at the latest in order to get credit for another year served, uh, you know, uh, in terms of uh, getting towards free agency. So even if he sits out into the season, it's not going to be a Levy and Bell situation where he's gone the entire year. You're going to know uh, at the very latest when he's going to come back, but we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. And like you think, like you say, I think they're probably going to resolve it one way or another with either a, a deal or we're going to get into late August and, and he's just going to buckle and, and show up and, and uh, you know, uh, want to get paid because he's still – Set to get paid over five million for this year, and we'll see what happens there. Anyway, a I couple of the minor notes for you for the real short injury list. Hmm? I said I think it's also worth noting if you saw the two plays he got injured on last year, they were not. It was not like he suddenly came up with a knee injury. He got rocked and really got his leg twisted and missed that game. And then he came back a little early and was still limping around. And the play when he got hurt the second time, I thought I thought his knee was shredded. And I can't believe he only missed two games yep. after that. So, so he really took a couple of really brutal shots. I would not render that as evidence of him being injury prone, quite frankly. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you there. It's just that, you know, the Dodgers are going to say, listen, you missed a couple of games last year, missed a couple of games the year before, and they, that's how they justify not paying him what he wants or, or, or not extending him. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I, I agree with you totally. You know, he's got taken a, a couple of really big shots at a knee, and uh, maybe a lesser player might have gotten really seriously injured, but, you know, he missed a couple of games, and that's just the way it is, the way it goes. But anyway, let's move on uh, real quickly here. Like three, three player movements here. The First of all, the Cowboys released Alan Hearns after he received, uh, he failed to accept a pay cut. Uh, any any kind of fantasy impact here? I mean, they, you know, they don't have Cole Beasley there anymore, but they signed Randall Cobb. So does his role grow there? 
Uh, fantasy impact, none. I don't think he had any impact before he was cut, and I don't think he'll have any impact with him being cut. Like you said, Cobb is there. Jason Witten's coming back to soak up a lot of targets. And a lot of people don't realize Ezekiel Elliott caught 77 passes last year. So, I mean, that, they don't need Allen. Yeah, I know that's, that. That's no big loss. Okay, that's a, that, I, I agree with you there totally. Okay, something uh, another a signing here that might be very important is that the Patriots just today signed uh, veteran tight end Lance Kendricks, and he played, of course, with the Rams uh, back in 2011, and Josh McDaniels was the uh, one of the coaches there with the Rams at the time, and he's the OC, of course, with the Patriots. Ben Watson suspended for four games, and ASJ, Austin Severian Jenkins, is gone. He's got personal issues, and they cut him. So, uh, you know, I know they got Matt Lacoste there, but he is really unproven. Does, uh, does Lance Hendricks, in your mind, go right to the top and start from week one if he gets through a good training camp and preseason for the Patriots? Uh, if he picks up the offense, yes. I think he's the most talented tight end on their roster. But, you know, as has often been seen, there have been a lot of good players that have gone there that have had difficulty picking up the nuances and the change of the offense. I mean, even Reggie Wayne tried to sign on there, had difficulty after playing with Peyton Manning. So it's, it's not a given. But he is the most talented guy there. And he, even if he moves to the top of that tight end pecking order, I'm still not sure he moves into being highly draftable, certainly not as a starter and maybe as a backup with some upside, I would say, at this juncture until we see more. Yeah, they, they, I, I, the person that comes to mind is Chad Ochocinco Johnson. You know, <laughs> he struggled a big time, could never catch on and get any kind of uh, chemistry with Tom Brady in that situation, and, and of course quickly then left the league. But uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see because the Patriots are really short on quality receivers, especially with Julian Edelman uh, out for up to three weeks here with a thumb injury. He's on the injury list. I'll get to in a second. But the the the, the final uh, the player movement that that caught my eye was that the Jets reached out and signed veteran tight end Ryan Griffin with Chris Herndon set to miss the first four games. They need a boosted tight end there, and now they have Ryan Griffin. So in your opinion, uh, does he have any kind of fantasy value if he learns the system as a Jet, uh, you know, in, in the preseason? I, I would say possibly, um, and here's the reason. I don't think tight end is very deep this year for fantasy. I think there's, you know, there's that couple of studs at the top, and then there's a whole lot of question marks. So I think if you don't get one of those top tight ends by spending a very high pick on them, you could justify streaming tight ends this year, and this is the kind of guy you can get in the last round and not worry about your tight end and because you know he's going to be in a tight end-friendly offense for four weeks, and you can maybe stream him for a week or two and then get rid of him when Chris Herndon comes back. So he has some, some mild intrigue to me for that purpose because of the nature of the tight end position this year. Yep. Okay, real quickly, uh, the injuries, just the big ones hit the, hit the uh, peripheral here. Cam Newton with a shoulder hit, off-season shoulder, shoulder surgery. He's going to be on a pitch count, but he did not enter camp on the pup list. That's very good for them. They're just going to ease him into it. Uh, they expect him to play come week one. Julio Jones with the foot, uh, you know, uh, 10 days to two weeks away from fully practice, uh, participating in practice. But the bottom line here is that the, the, the Falcons are going to extend Julio Jones just a matter of time. They redid his contract late in July last Last year, and they have to wait until that deadline, the one-year deadline, passes before then they can actually extend them. So I think they kind of want a wink and a nod. Maybe already have an agreement in place there, and they're just waiting until that one year. I think it might be the 27th, 28th of July until they make the announcement. Of course, Michael Thomas in the New Orleans wants the same thing. He wants 20 million a year. Whoever announces their first deal first. One guy might get twenty million a year, and the other guy might get twenty million and one dollar. I mean, you know, that's how it goes. Anyway, we'll see what happens there. Already mentioned Julian Edelman with a thumb injury. It's 
supposed to be uh, described as mild trauma. He is on the NFI list, but they, uh, they, they think he'll be out around three weeks or so. That's still not even mid-August, so he's going to have plenty of time to get into uh, shape there and make some kind of impact and maybe play a, a one – he might not even play in the preseason because I think he got injured in the preseason a couple of years ago, you know, either way he tore his ACL. So, you know, they might not even play him and he doesn't need it. Cooper Cup uh, torn ACL. He's not going to start training camp on the puff for the Rams. Uh, he's been fully cleared. I'm sure they're going to take him, e- take it easy with him, but it's good news for him too. Over in Denver, good news also for Emmanuel Sanders coming off that torn Achilles in December. Oh, my gosh. This, I saw a video of this guy online just uh, juking and jiving and, and, and running and stopping, and it looks like he wasn't even injured, and this is only seven months uh, removed from this. Anyway, he entered camp, not on the pup, but they're taking uh, the precautions with him. He's participating in early portions of practice before leaving to work with trainers on a daily basis. So, you know, fingers crossed there that Sanders stays okay. And, of course, Travis Kelce, I think he had off-season ankle surgery. Apparently it was minor. And, uh, in fact, he reported early to camp with the rookies and all just today or yesterday, uh, and he's good to go. So, uh, you know, no, no worries there. And uh, that's it. And when we get come right back, we're going to hit the quarterbacks hard and fast and furious. And we'll be right back after this message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff. And the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, of course, we want to urge everyone to check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Totally mobile, uh, very user-friendly, lots of cool stuff on there that's uh, free, including, of course, our free NFL QuickBest page, which until the start of the season is absolutely free to include all the injuries and such that break in the preseason. Of course, we're also tracking free agent uh, player movement and also coaching and player moves and all. We've been doing that the entire offseason. We offer free INSI scan reports, including those on the Colts from uh, Chris Rito. He's got a special article about the Colts already in the guide about why he probably won't be drafting any of them. Maybe you know he really likes them. And if you want to read more about that and you want to buy, check out the draft guide. Of course, we have already released our first cut. In fact, I think we're on cut two or three of our master's list customizable cheat sheet. Our MCP board has debuted and been updated, and as well as our executive draft master drafting software. All those have been updated just this past week. Version two of our preseason draft guide, yes, one's already been out since late June. It was 250 pages. The version three is probably going to be over 300, on, well on its way to over 600 by the time the first week of September gets here. Our draft guide and all that good stuff, including Chris Cerrito's article, is 1895, and of course, uh, several new articles are coming out soon with a perfect draft later in August. That's a that's a really popular feature in our draft guide. Our premium summer rates are for the Pro Bowl package, which is everything except the drafting software. That includes the draft guide, uh, the updated rankings, and the newsletters with daily releases, and a premium injury quick bits during the season. It's 47.95, and our Super Bowl package, which includes all of that, plus 
the drafting software, the EDM. It's an extra ten bucks. It's fifty-seven ninety-five. I think you'll like it if you check us out. And of course, follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, the top ten fancy quarterbacks of twenty nineteen right now. Chris, hit me with your top three. Well, first of all, the top ten for most people, I'm not going to include stalwarts like Breeze and Brady and Big Ben and Rivers, who've been in the top ten forever. So none of those guys make my top ten, and I'll give you some reasons why. They all sit just outside of it. But I'm going to start with the top here, like you said, at the top three. First one's obviously Patrick Mahomes. I honestly look for a reason not to put him here, but I just couldn't find one. Even if last year was a perfect storm and he regresses 20%, that's still good for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, which would put him at or above the quarterback one most seasons. The only possible concern is that he kind of petered out a bit down the stretch, and he was very pedestrian in seven of eight postseason quarters. Was it weather? Was he tired? Did they figure him out? I don't know, but I think he's still got to be the number one. My number two guy is Andrew Luck. Uh, After a three-game very slow start, he posted numbers bested only by Mahomes from week four on, and he finished in the top five in every statistical category for fantasy. And this is after missing almost two years without touching a football and an underwhelming supporting cast in Indy in 2018. And he didn't have any of his trademark rushing stats either, so so he was still right up there at the top. I think the improvements with the skill guys in Indy this year will help his efficiency. And my third guy is Deshaun Watson. Yeah, the guy's totally electric. He's a game-changer with a great future. Some people are scared about the injury risk because of his style of play and size, but I think the fragility of Will Fuller and the lack of viable options after Hopkins are a bigger worry, and that's the reason he slips behind these other two guys. Then again, it hasn't stopped him from being the top per-game quarterback scorer over the last two seasons. He's got a higher ceiling than anyone, including Mahomes, but uh, maybe not as low, uh, as high of a floor as Mahomes and Luck. Okay. Uh, Well, I can just comment on my top ten and the fact that in the middle and the latter part of top ten, I think you and I differ greatly, but I can tell at the very top in these top three, exactly the same. But it's interesting because I had Luck number one and Mahomes number two until they basically cleared Tyreek Hill. Of course, there's a risk here, you know, because if they find another video of him slapping his girlfriend or slapping his kid or whatever, you know, he could be gone for good. So you're taking a risk here if you do draft Mahomes, and I probably won't because he's going to go so high in drafts, usually in the second or third round. And, of course, if it's a six-point-per-touchdown pass, he's going to go in the first round. Uh, but right now I've got him number one with that asterisk next to him and for every reason that you just said. And Andrew Luck, the same reason, too. What a, what a rebound career year they had last year. I mean, you know, uh, and he was overshadowed by Patrick Mahomes because of what Mahomes did in the no-look pass and everything. But Luck was almost nearly just as good. And Deshaun Watson, like you said, he's another year removed from that torn ACL. Electric, uh, didn't really have very many bad games at all last year, and he can really put up – you know, 35, 40-point games here and there, and I think he's going to be that much stronger. And if Will Fuller stays healthy the entire year, he's going to be a solid number three. My number four is Aaron Rodgers with Green Bay. Of course, everyone knows how darn good he is. He's an elite quarterback. The issue is that with the new offense, spotty help at wide receiver and beyond Devontae Adams, even though they're talking up Marquez Valdez-Scantling this year, uh, it makes him a bit of a near risk, especially with all the recent injury history that he's had, uh, you know, taking those big hits and all. I understand, you know, but, I mean, he's got to be protected. If he's not, another hit on the knee, he actually might miss some games early in the season instead of limping through most of them. Uh, my number five guy is Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Uh, you know, there's just so much talent around him, uh, not only Julio now, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu is still good. Austin Hooper came into his own there. And now they get Devontae Freeman back. You know, I mean, it's just it's just an embarrassment of riches there. So I like him as my number five guy. Uh, who do you like as your number four and five, Chris? Uh, I do have Matt Ryan at number four. Again, you kind of covered it pretty well. I mean, 
most people don't realize for as great a career as he's had, he's coming up career highs in yards, touchdowns, rushing scores, and rushing yards, and a career-low interception total. So this is far and away his best statistical season of all of the ones in his career so far. So I think he's set up for another high-volume season with, his, with not only solid targets, like you said, but a somewhat questionable Falcons defense to provide a reason to throw and a favorable schedule for passing. So Ryan is really just a cut below Deshaun Watson as my number four. And then I think there's a huge drop-off after those four. And then there's about six or seven or maybe even ten guys who you could make an argument you could put in any particular order. And the guy I put at the top of this list, number five, uh, is Dak Prescott. Uh, This is just a vote for consistency here, even if the weekly or the season-long upside is somewhat capped. You know exactly what you're going to get with Dak. He's been between 3,400 and 3,800 yards every year, 22 or 23 touchdowns thrown every year. He's rushed for right around 300 yards and exactly six touchdowns every year of his career. He doesn't miss games. He'll rarely have a down game. He's been a top-ten quarterback every year of his three-year career despite having a run-first attack. Being in a contract year and having a full offseason with Amari Cooper doesn't hurt either. So all these consistency reasons puts him right at the top of this very large group and the number five guy on my list. Okay, I like uh, Dak, too. He's just a little bit lower on my list, but I'm going to get to him here in a second. Anyway, my number six guy, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it's a little bit high there, and he hasn't really proven himself over too long a period of time, but he's got OBJ there. So uh, the only thing is that, you know, he's the sexy pick, so you're going to have to probably pay overpay for him. I'm probably not going to end up drafting him for that reason, but I just think that the potential there is too good. And like you say, you could almost put a, a – a group of five guys, anyone at the top of this list, and I got Mayfield at six. Russell Wilson at seven for Seattle. Uh, I know he loses Doug Baldwin, but they got Tyler Lockett there. They've got uh, uh, other guys, David Moore. And, of course, they have D.K. Metcalf, the, the talented rookie coming in. And, of course, uh, Russell uh, might end up running more, uh, you know, in order to get the job done this year. And uh, he did, that's what he did a couple of years ago. So I like him at number seven. And number eight, I know old man Drew Brees. I just think, you know, I just think he might have to throw a little bit more if Latavius Murray doesn't uh, – pick up uh, the game, you know, behind uh, Kamara because he's not exactly the pass-catching threat that uh, uh, Ingram, uh, Mark Ingram was. Uh, I just think that, you know, that, that, uh, that Breeze is going to have a, a good year and he's going to rebound back up over 4,000 yards passing, about 32 scores there, and that puts him number eight. How about the rest of your ten, uh, top ten, Chris? Um, I've still got Cam Newton in the top ten at number six. Everyone criticizes him, but he almost never misses games, and only one year – of his eight-year career has been outside the top seven quarterbacks, and that's the year he broke his back in a car accident and missed one game and then continued to play. His lowest years have been the same as each of Dak Prescott's that I just described. So I do worry about his lack of weapons and a new style or system or else he'd be higher, and you could probably get him lower than this rating implies. So he might give you some draft day value. Number seven, I like Russell Wilson. Um, he slipped a lot in total passing stats aside from touchdowns the last two years because his attempts have gone down, but his efficiency has remained amongst the best in the game. Um, I think he'll have to step up his usage a little bit more to get here. It'll require one of the most run-heavy teams to open it up a bit more this year. But I think a very small jump for his, with his effectiveness is in order, and a rise in yards and rushing scores to his norm is very possible. Number eight, I like Baker Mayfield. Like you said, he's got a lot of upside. He's a lot of hype this year, a lot of new weapons. Nobody threw for more touchdowns the last six weeks of last year, so he can only get better with the addition of OBJ and Kareem Hunt after week eight. Um, it's hard to overlook, though, the fact that, that he has a tougher schedule this year, and in reality his stats were nearly identical to Kirk Cousins last year, so I'm hesitant to rank him any higher. Uh, I'm a believer in him. I just think he's overhyped this year. Uh, and the number nine, I've got Aaron Rodgers. 
Um, I actually wanted to rate him lower, but I couldn't bring myself to do it because he's still Aaron Rodgers. But he has missed significant time three of his last six seasons, and he's starting to show decline in productivity despite playing solidly. With only one solid target, he's got a history of spreading the ball around, so I'm not concerned about that. Somebody else will draft him based on name before I will, and I think you could make a good argument for rating him outside the top ten if I used ADP and draft value. And my number ten guy is Carson Wentz. Um, if I had more confidence in his ability to stay on the field, I would rate him ahead of Rodgers and Wilson and the rest of his tier. But, you know, he hasn't done it. But he is another year removed from the ACL, so that should bring back some of his mobility and his opportunity. And I think the return of Deshaun Jackson could open up the downfield game for some easy strikes that he hasn't had in the last couple of years. Still one of the top per-game quarterbacks in his young career. I'd like him to continue on that pace and return value on draft day. Okay. Uh, my number nine is Dak Prescott for much of the same reasons that you uh, ranked him, I think, number six. Uh, I just uh, am a little bit more concerned about, uh, about uh, his ability to produce on an every-week basis. But over the last half of last year with Amari Cooper on the team, he was, I think, the number four-ranked fantasy quarterback. So it's tough not to, not to put him uh, higher, actually, than this. But anyway, my, num- my number ten guy is Jared Goff, uh, the Rams quarterback. Uh, you know, he's a top ten guy. I think he ended up number seven last year, even though he kind of struggled late. And that's uh, the only warning I have here is that he could regress if Gurley struggles due to the knee issues, uh, forcing Goff to actually throw too much. But also if uh, Cooper Cup, uh, you know, uh, gets off to a good start here and shows that he is actually uh, all the way back from that 20 ACL, then that's three outstanding wide receiver targets there, and Goff knows how to get the job done there. So he's my number 10 guy. Okay, real quickly, because we're running a little long, although we can go over by up to 15 minutes here, uh, let's uh, go to your uh, sleepers and uh, overrated and underrated guys, Chris, at quarterback. Where would you like to start, sleepers? Yes, yeah, sure. Okay, uh, I've got deep sleepers. I've got guys who are being drafted outside of the top two two quarterbacks, like the top 24 quarterbacks. I'm going to start with Josh Allen. Um, he was every bit of the runner that Lamar Jackson was with a fraction of the attempts. But unlike, ja- unlike Jackson, his circumstances are improving, upgrading receivers. So if you want to take a late-round flyer with potential to step up, I like Allen over a guy like Lamar Jackson this year. You can get him much later. And then Matt Stafford, amazingly, he's not being drafted even as a quarterback two, according to ADP charts. There's a huge bargain to be had here. He was on pace for 4,200 yards and 28 touchdowns when he lost Golden Tate to a trade and Marvin Jones to injury for half the year. And his offensive line was decimated by injuries. I think he's going to be back to 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns, and you can get him dirt cheap this year. I like Stafford, too. I agree with you totally. Let's move to the underrated category. Uh, Underrated, I would say Jameis Winston. The Tampa Bay passing game last year led the NFL in passing yards with over 5,300 and threw 36 touchdowns while rushing for 400 yards and three scores. This total would have put them just behind Mahomes last year. Amazing. So he doesn't have Fitzpatrick to worry about. So as long as you're not penalized for interceptions, Jameis Winston is vastly underrated this year. Um, And he he makes a great roster match with a safe, low-ceiling guy like Rivers or Breeze or Big Ben that we talked about earlier. And then I like Phil Rivers for being underrated. A dozen straight years of being a fantasy stud. Never been below 26 touchdowns. Never missed a game. And he's being drafted outside the top 20 quarterbacks. He's got the best chance of jumping into the top seven of any of those guys, in my opinion. For draft masters, great durability and stability is a nice positive to lean on. Yeah, I always love Philip Rivers, and I usually end up drafting him either as a starter or as a backup right there in the middle rounds, and I can't believe he is sliding so late this year. All right, give me a couple of overrated quarterbacks. Well, I mentioned him earlier. I think Lamar Jackson is really overrated. Yeah, he was a game changer for the moribund Ravens last year, but – 
he rushed the ball 17 times a game. That is just not reproducible. You can't do that for a whole season. He, they also added a real pro running back in Mark Ingram to lead that run-heavy attack, much better option than Gus Edwards. So they're going to cut his attempts down. To, I'm going to say maybe 10 or 11 a game, which is still about the most that any quarterback has ever had for a full season. But that's going to really reduce his fantasy value by cutting his rushing attempts almost in half. So I can't see him making a quantum leap as a passer to make up for it. And then Kyler Murray, oh, my God, he's being drafted as a low-end starter or as a solid backup. I mean, why? I know there's hysteria around Cliff Kingsbury's offense and him being the top pick, but seriously, I'm just going to have to drive a stake in the heart of this one and call it a day. I got no explanation for why Kyler Murray is even being drafted as a, as a fantasy backup at this point. No explanation. I agree with you totally, and like I said, uh, this draft that we just did was the FF Webmasters 14-team non-PPR draft, and Murray went in like in round 10 or 12, and I, I, I was like almost as a starter, but I think it was a high-end backup, and I'm not going to touch him as anything other than a three. I think I think people are confusing him with Patrick Mahomes or something. I don't understand this, and even Mahomes sat for a year. You know, so I, I don't understand it at all, but I'm with you there totally, Chris. Anyway, a couple of sleepers that I bet, and, of course, these people, everybody knows this. We're just trying to go over guys that, you know, that we haven't really talked about. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in San Francisco, uh, coming off the 20 ECL and all, he's still got the talent. Yes, he has to develop the chemistry again with uh, with all the guys. Dante Pettis, he did throw a touchdown early before he got hurt with him. Marquise Goodwin's got to step up, but he's got George Kittle. I mean, there's a lot of talent there, and Garoppolo's sliding way late in these drafts, so you can, I mean, it is as a, as a risky number two, as a, you can be drifted, drafted. And then, of course, there's Sam Darnold. Now, Darnold on a per-game average wasn't very good last year. I think he averaged only like 16 when everyone else was, you know, 19-plus. The bottom line here is that the, the, the Jets have improved their team, their offense with Levy and Bell there, and then they got Jamison Crowder to go along with Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunua. Uh, he's back healthy again. Everybody is back, and, uh, you know, I just think he's, he's, he's got the talent. He's going to develop. He's going to be more on that range of 20-plus almost every week, and you can get him dirt cheap again. A couple of overrated guys in my mind. Cam Newton, uh, I know what he's done in the past history and all, but the shoulder injury, the surgery he's coming off really kind of scares me because when when it, it got that ugly last year, it got really ugly. I didn't sitting him at the end of the year. Uh, you know, one big hit on that shoulder, ugh, you know, and uh, supposedly he's changes in mechanics, and I'm like, can that stick? I don't know. They tried that with Tim Tebow, didn't they? I don't know if it's going to work. Anyway, cross the fingers there. And then Tom Brady. Now, a lot of people like myself are still are ranking Tom Brady where he should be, around number 15 or so. Last year he was number 13 and ended up fantasy ranked. And yet I'm still seeing people drafting him as a fantasy starter in round 8 and 9. I, I don't understand this one bit. Uh, who's he going to throw to other than Julian Edelman? I guess Lance Kendricks, right? Uh, Philip Dorsett? Uh, well, Gronk may come back, but don't count on it before December. So anyway, I'm I'm not drafting. I'm I'm drafting Dak Prescott well ahead of Tom Brady in drafts this year, and that's crazy to say, but it's the truth. And this is 2019, not 2018 or 2017. You know. So anyway, uh, lots of good information we just went over. I mean, I'm really excited about the the coming fantasy season. Don't forget to check out the Sleeper app online. Uh, go to your app store, download it now. It's absolutely free. Check it out. Thanks for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek, and we'll see you all next week when the, we cover the running back position from a fantasy perspective with the top ten guys and some sleepers and creepers and underrated and overrated guys is previewed. Good night, good luck, good night, good, uh, and, and well, happy, uh, happy drafting to everyone that's going to draft between now and next week. It's going to be –
It's here. Yeah, fantasy football is back, baby. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.